Welcome to Telling the Tale, it's a podcast where we're going to go over every single Telltale game released between 2004 and 2018, and even beyond, it seems. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here, as always, joined with co-host Dustin Jackson. How are you doing, Dustin? Oh, I'm doing just dandy, Mitch. Please, please don't get up. I'm just, I, I, I'm just, you know, a regular person like everyone else. Are you sure? You seem pretty cool. Well, <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. Uh, well, The Wolf Among Us, episode four, In Sheep's Clothing, just came out eight years wow. ago. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're getting, we're handling it. We're on our way to handling it. Uh, it was originally released on May 27th, 2014, directed by Kent Muddle, designed Ooh. by Casillas and written by Martin and Casillas. And, Kent Muddle uh, is a good name. Yeah, Kent Muddle. Kent Muddle's a really good name. It's very, uh... <laughs> that sounds it, like a fake name of a character. I like yeah, it. Yeah, like when Harry's not at wizarding school, he might know a Kent Muddle. <laughs> hey, Kent, how's it going? I kind of got wizard stuff going on, but, uh, you know, we'll play, like, hockey mm. later or something. Yeah, Kent Muddle is definitely someone Voldemort wants to rid the world of. <laughs> He's too normie. Kent Muddle with his Pokemon cards. Um, So... Here, first things first. This episode is called "In Sheep's Clothing." Why? Wow. Um, because you uh, think like, oh, well, there's <laughs> definitely going to be like a sheep in this, because this is the kind of story that could have one. That that, that like they would make this a pun of like, oh, I'm going to talk to the sheep person. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, I believe. Yeah, well, you know, the saying is, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing, which is right. a, a saying for, uh, you know, pretending to be this nice person, but you're actually a, a real beast that will eat you. But, uh, I mean, that doesn't necessarily come through in this. Yeah, that doesn't relate to the episode that I played, although, of course, um, I, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah, um... <laughs> Boy howdy. Before we get started here, I did I did want to point out that um remember in the last episode how we were talking about how we're such boy scouts and other people are just not going to have the same experience as us, but we yes. have the exact same experience as each other and what we need is like a punk rock person who's going to like make all the mean choices. <laughs> yeah, we need a real bloody mary among us. So we we kind of got that. Uh, wow. Because I believe uh, Adam, your roommate, mm-hmm. and our mutual friend Courtney um, have been talking about what they did last episode, and it was pretty interesting. Ooh, let's let's spill the beans to our audience. So Courtney just came out guns blazing and said <laughs> the meanest thing she's ever done, which is, I interrupted Snow at the funeral, which... Scared the heck out of me. I didn't know she was capable of that kind of malfeasance. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care if they're uh, mourning the death of someone. Snow, get over here. We got an issue. They'll still yeah. be dead when you come back. Wow, Courtney. Pretty bleak. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was that. Uh, th- there was also like different orders of which place to go that Adam and Courtney both did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like if you figure out where the, you can figure out where the witch is with just two places. 
Ooh. You don't need to go to the third. And, like, if you figure it out, then you won't go to the, th- uh, the third place. Yeah, who needs the third place? Yeah, so we... We both figured it out by going to Holly's and then Crane's, but we didn't figure anything out at Crane's. Yeah, everything was already burnt up. And then we went to the Tweedles office. If we just went Holly and Tweedles, we would have figured it out and just gone. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but both of them said no matter how many it takes, you're still late. That's that's lame, but you know. You might be less late, but... Yeah, I that that's something that's like it would have been cool if you could just not be late, but I don't think it like hurts the story. I yeah. I feel like if you had gotten there it it wouldn't have mattered what time you got there, you still would have gotten the same results with this witch. In, in fact, I think that we got better results cuz we got to see that thing about how Buffkin told us Bluebeard burned all the stuff. Mhm. And they didn't get to see that. Mm, yeah, so we got more than they did. Yeah, and we were the same amount of late and got more information. So even though we were less efficient, I guess we did it. We got better results. So yeah, that's, I guess that's weird. What What do you think uh, happened in their playthroughs to still make them late to Auntie Greenleaf? Did they like I bet they just, got food on the way? Yeah, they just stopped and get a sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, like stop for a Slurpee at the Seven Eleven, the the Fantasy Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, you know, I haven't had a I haven't had a Slurpee in a long time. Yeah, they had to go get a like an elderberry Slurpee. That's what Fables <laughs> would drink instead of cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, well, we got to get this one. This is the this is the this fairy is, this tale. This is for one. us. They stock this just for all the fables they have in the community. We're not gonna have a Monday flavor like grape. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet at the at the place they've got like three levers. It's cherry, grape, and like forbidden elderberry. And Bigby's like, well, this is my thing. <laughs> this is obviously the right one. That would have been a good choice. That would have been under my choice cuts. I went to a place in downtown Los Angeles once that had a Slurpee machine that was uh, like at sub-zero temperatures, cold enough to freeze like rum and vodka. Holy shit. And they made uh, they made old fashions and they made rums and Cokes and stuff like that into like ices into Slurpees. And Whoa. that that place was awesome. And I would go back there in a second. Are they and, gone? Uh, it's just I don't live. It wasn't close to where I was living. I was already. Oh. I was like going somewhere when I was there. I feel um, yeah. I feel yeah. Yeah, I I'm also sorry. don't remember the name of the place, but I awesome. would love to go get that again. Isn't that just always the way you remember a place that's like really good, but you can't remember the name of it, so it'll just it'll just have to remain a memory. I've been calling it Charles's in my head, but that's, <laughs> that is not correct. I know that's wrong. That would be a fun name for a place, though. You kind yeah, of have you, you have to put the work into saying it. It's not Charles; <laughs> it's Charles's. Yeah, it's. I don't even know what the apostrophe and the s situation is on this word, but it's <laughs> it's convoluted and it's extra. So I want to talk about the colors. In this video game, Dustin. Okay, I love the colors in this game. Yeah, starting in our discussion of actual episode four, colors looking pretty sweet. Yeah, every episode of this so far has been just amazing looking. I I said it in the first episode, I think, 
Um, even though there's still plenty of Telltale games that come after this one that I haven't played yet, like, I've still seen how they look. I think this might be my favorite looking, at least, of Telltale's catalog. Yeah, I think, like, this style is mostly Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, and Batman do this style. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably one, uh, Tales from the Borderlands a little bit, but that's not exactly. That's because Borderlands was sort of already doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're doing it their way. Batman is probably the one that pseudo-objectively looks the best. But mm-hmm. I think the colors in this one pop more than the ones in Batman do. That That's exactly it. That's exactly why I would say, even if it's not the best they made, it's probably my favorite. Yeah. It's really good. It, it's really good. It, mm-hmm. it just... Uh, every new scene, I love looking at it. Because in a game like this, you'd expect, like, okay, the style's high, but I bet the colors are going to be sort of, like, desaturated in order to show the decrepitness of Fabletown, New York. And that might even have been my decision if I were working on the game. But no, they just, like, pump every primary color into your eyes as fiercely as they can and with as much PSI as possible to put into a color. It's great stuff. Lots of purples, lots of uh, reds that just really pop, especially with the shadows. The, The pure black shadows really work well like we were discussing how it kind of had mixed results with walking dead but i feel like here it works so perfectly just because those colors uh contrast it so much yeah it's a very utilitarian approach to the idea of color where it's like okay it either needs to be a bright color or if it's just sort of a whatever color don't do a whatever color just make it pure black yeah don't exactly like so half the screen at any given time is black but all the other colors are, are so bright uh, that it never feels like it's mostly black. It, it feels like a, a bright looking game. Uh, in my mind's eye, this game is purple more than anything else. But yeah. it's uh, in the actual playthrough, you, you see all kinds of greens and yellows and blues and reds yeah. all the time. Yeah, uh, strong colors all around. Um, we, we were discussing it with Walking Dead how... Um, you know, these are remastered versions of The Walking Dead, so that uh, graphic black setting doesn't always work out. Sometimes the the uh, black shadows are a little too much, and you lose a lot in that scene. But something like this, where this was uh, the art style they had in mind, and they can just have the colors be there and help things stand out more. Like, even in pure black uh, areas... I think things stand out because they have like colored highlights here and there, so things don't get lost in that uh, big dark mass. That yeah, that I think that's really smart. Um, I'm not an art person, but I really appreciate that kind of decision making when it comes to the art aspect of this game. Yeah, it has such a strong identity uh, that makes me wonder, like, if I were to read the comics, how much would I feel like this is a reflection of what the comics are like? And how much would I feel like, oh, this is very much a Telltale game that ties into a comic? I have no idea. I haven't seen enough of the comic to know. Yeah, I I will say I kind of, I get the feeling it's more of the latter because it does feel very Telltale to me. But it might just be because, you know, it's obviously, it plays like Walking Dead. It has a lot of the same actors in it. Um, 
so to me, it feels more like a Telltale game than it does uh, an adaptation of the comic, for example. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's it's possible that they just did a really good job. <laughs> I mean, they, um, they, they did do a really good job. I don't want to sell them short, but you know what I mean. So overall structure of this episode. Um, you're nursed back to health by Dr. Swinehart, who seems to have some relationship with Colin, and being that his name is Swinehart, do you think this is one of the other brothers, the pig brothers? That's what I thought, but I kind of feel like if he was, they would have uh, addressed each other as stuff, because he just, he calls him Doctor. Um, yeah, but I, I felt like it kind of came off like... Oh, like a strained relationship. Kinda. Yeah, like, oh, you think you're better than me, Dr. Swinehart? I know you're Doctor. Chad. <laughs> I know you're Roderick Roderick the pig from off of the story You can't fool me uh, I could see that, definitely I, I did have the same thought um, I, I feel like it, at the end of the day I thought it, I I didn't think that so much But it could okay. be I don't, I don't think it says in his uh, In his character bio in the game Have you kept um, reading like all of those? I've been reading a lot of them. I, I this one I only uh, read a couple of them. Okay. Um, I haven't been up to date with those. I haven't been good about reading all those bios. Some of them are really interesting, and then some of them are just kind of explaining general concepts. So they're they're not like all super interesting. But like Flycatchers in the last episode brings up how he lost his whole family. Um. So there's some in, important character stuff in there, but I think they know. Uh, I I think they know that not everybody is going to be reading them, so they don't put anything. They don't put any like crucial information you need into them. Okay, so high level of the episode, uh, you get fixed up by Doctor Swinehart, and he says, "You gotta take it easy, Big B," and Big B says, "It's part of the job," and that's <laughs> that's how that conversation goes. Big B's very much solid snake, basically, yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and so the doctor leaves and, uh, Snow bl- brings up this idea that, like, hey, we gotta start doing something, some things right. We can't be corrupt. We can't be, like, off book as much as we are. We gotta do things right. And at first you're like, yeah, yeah, Snow, br- bring justice to the city. And then she's like, okay, so anyone who's not glamoured needs to go to the farm now. And Colin, like, you're out of here! No, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, no, I wasn't even on board when she started saying that because she was, it sounded like she was getting pretty accusatory. She was like, look, we can't let this shit happen again. And it's like, uh, I don't think Bigby necessarily wanted to be, go- to go full wolf here. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I think this is a situation where maybe he would have avoided it if he could have. Yeah, I, I think when she said that at first I was thinking like, oh, you're still talking about this as sort of a tumbleweed effect of everything that happened because of Crane's uh cowardice and selfishness as the leader of the town like yeah yeah we should make this a town with a uh more democratic process where we talk to everyone poor and rich equally and and do all that stuff and i was on board with like that idea of course who wouldn't be and then she's like okay anyone who doesn't look right is deported and i'm like hey (laughs) that's that's really racist and classist, and <laughs> I think you should know far. that, Snow. I think you should realize that. Yeah. 
Um, and they give you choices in this as if you're supposed to ever agree with Snow. <laughs> yeah, I know I didn't. Colin is such a bro in this scene, too. He's really standing up for you in here. So I was like, thank you, pig. That'll do. That's that's a good reference. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, it, it seems like such a departure for Snow. She's I think she's being really shitty. Pardon my French. No, I totally agree, and I, you know, I kind of want to give her the benefit of the doubt just because, like, a lot of shit's been going down, like, that she's been personally uh, involved with, and she's been thrown into this situation. Um, I don't necessarily think um, she means to be a bad person. I think a lot of this, you know, it's very stressful. She's thrown into this bad position she doesn't want to be in. I don't necessarily think... This is her. Oh, I I don't mean that literally. I just mean like she is in a position where her head is not in the right space here. Okay. I mean, that is her though. Like I I think yeah. she's she saw um this counterfeit glamour be used to impersonate her in a mm-hmm. way that she's right to feel is very deeply and darkly disturbing. Yeah, but now she's taken that out on everyone else in the town who either doesn't use or inappropriately uses glamour. That, like, you you have to remember that glamour is so expensive, mm-hmm. and we've seen now we've seen uh, Beauty and Beast's apartment in the woodlands. We found out that Big B's trashed, tiny, disgusting apartment really is. Uh, an exception to the rule here in the woodlands. I was thinking the woodlands suck, but like it's good for fables. Mm-hmm. No, the woodlands are great. Yeah, they're wonderful. I wish I lived there. Yeah, even Bigby's like, what the fuck? I guess still, I like, really New do York have the size. So they're not. A, it's not a big apartment. I think Beauty and Beast's apartment is like only two rooms or something. But it's still, yeah. um, the, the decor is is like gilded. Everything's shiny and gold and, and precious and and uh, very upkept mm-hmm. and expensive looking. It it would it would be cool to live in the woodlands if you're not Bigby Wolf. <laughs> yeah, if you were literally anyone else, this did make me feel like Bigby's the one out here doing all this heavy lifting, and he gets this uh, shitty apartment. That sucks. I don't like that. I think there's that, but it's also like okay. Beauty and Beast's apartment is is a lot better than yours, but it's not much bigger than yours. Mm-hmm. How much of your living situation sucking is it's literally just your fault? Yeah, <laughs> like you don't clean up, so it's dirty. That's not the building's you gotta, fault. <laughs> you gotta, it's it's a literal pigsty. Yeah, you you only have beer in your fridge because you only bought beer. That's not like <laughs> a problem with the apartment. It's just a life that you've chosen to make sad for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, that that is true. I I I agree with that. <laughs> buy uh, buy some like buy a nice chair. Maybe put some like portraits on the wall. You could yeah. you could have that. Yeah, big beat. Like get a ceiling light. Get a light on the ceiling. You don't even have that. You you have like <laughs> lamps on the ground. That's not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like oh I'm pity pity Bigby he's like he lives in such a dump while everyone he l- works with directly has like such a 
wonderful place right next door and he has to think about that like dude just like buy some decorations i know that you you're the sheriff you're making the money it's not like you don't like where where is where do you think bigby's money's going because i think he's he's got money he's put in position as like one of the elites of this town Mm -hmm. um it hasn't been brought up before. I think we talked about it before, but do you think a lot of his money goes towards glamour? A lot of his money might go to glamour, yeah, because his uh obviously he's not a real human. Uh mm-hmm. he's sort of like a wolfy guy. And also he <laughs> buys a lot of those huff and puff cigarettes that no one else buys, so maybe they're rare. <laughs> maybe they're expensive. <laughs> yeah, everyone hates that brand. Everyone's like huff and puff, those suck. And Big B's like, come on, this is this is kind yeah. of my thing. Yeah. I don't go into your house until you your cigarettes are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me enjoy my life, you guys. Come on. I wonder I wonder if this is a big joke from the comic of like, oh, the comic people are gonna love how everyone says Huff and Puff is bad. They're gonna love that joke. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a good joke. I like it. It kind of gives Bigby something. Everyone's like, "Why do you smoke those?" And he's just like, "Cause I wanna." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and the way they say it too is is very specific. It's like, "Oh, that shitty brand." It's like, okay, have we all practiced dunking on Bigby <laughs> in order to say the exact same thing? <laughs> they all got together. <laughs> Bigby's like, wow, everyone's saying this the exact same way. That's a little suspicious. No one smokes that shitty brand. Like, okay, you don't even say kind or type. Everyone's saying brand. <laughs> you you you, pl- you practice this for sure, just to make me feel bad. They do it in a way where they want him to realize it. But <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're upsetting everyone with your cigarettes. I mean, we and all smoke, but yours are just bad. Yours are <laughs> yours a are bad dumb. brand. Yeah, why don't you smoke a camel like a like a real person, Bigby? <laughs> he just likes the fun little he he just likes the fun little joke with the cigarette, stuff and puff. It's like I'm I'm the big bad wolf. What else am I supposed to smoke? That is that's hilarious. Do you think he just thinks it's funny? Cuz that would be <laughs> He just thinks it's funny. <laughs> that would be a good reason for it. Yeah, He's do you like, think well, flavored? What what else am I going to smoke? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of stuff to think about with those cigarettes. Uh, so after uh, a- after Snow starts being like surprise racist, uh, you go over to uh, the office. You see Bigby's office, which is a cool office. I think it's just a little room. It's it's almost a a closet of an office, but it, it's this... very it does its job. This is the first time we see it, right? This is the first time Bigby like actually talks to someone in his office. Yeah. I mean, for for a guy like him, you don't need to be in your office to do your job most of the time. I think it's just a formality that he even has one. Yeah. Um but he had a witness come that wanted to talk to him and it was Narissa. I remember uh, her the from the other mermaid. episode. Yeah. Yeah, she had the boob. And <laughs> she uh she she has this information that she wants to tell Bigby, but she can't. This has been a, a recurring theme with everyone from the strip club uh, where there, there's some curse put on, uh, on her. She can't say anything about what 
uh, is actually happening here. Um, she has to say these lips are sealed whenever any kind of like preci- precious information wants to come out of her mouth. It just turns into these lips are sealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you find out here that the source of this curse might be the ribbon around her neck. Right. So I I, I want to I wanted to circle back to what we talked about in the first episode discussing this game, in which I said, "Oh, I thought the ribbon was related to that story that you hadn't heard." Uh huh. Of uh the, the girl who had the ribbon and around her neck, and uh, she waited until she was old, and then said, "Okay, you want to see what happens with with this ribbon? <laughs> Check this shit out." <laughs> and uh, if she takes off the ribbon, her head falls off. Turns out. Might have been more related than I thought. Yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, "Oh boy, here it! I'm gonna hear it from Mitch today." <laughs> yeah, it turns out so that this ribbon is putting the curse on her that makes her unable to speak. So you're given the option to try to untie the um, Nerissa's ribbon. Do you try to do this? No, of course not. But she really flips out about it. It's like, "Geez, calm down! I was just gonna remove your ribbon and make your head fall off." No, I tried to remove it. I I, tr- oh. I tried. I thought you... what so what she was doing is like kind of craning her neck after you try to ask her about something, and she goes, "Do you like my ribbon? Do you like it?" And like she almost looks like she would be winking <laughs> if, in real life. <laughs> hey, my ribbon. You know, I my can't ribbon-a. I can't answer your questions, but do you like my ribbon? <laughs> so I thought that was a hint of like, oh, the ribbon's making you not be able to talk. I'm gonna take it off. And mm-hmm. then if you try to do that, she she's not happy about that at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gosh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, and she can't say why is, is the thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure like all of these people, if you just untie their ribbons, th- their heads will fall off. Right. So that's um, a bummer. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, you know, I feel for them. Shit sucks. But, uh, you know, I got to get to the bottom of this case. Yeah, it makes me wonder, so, like, Faith and Lily were decapitated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they made a point of saying, like, oh, the, the cut's really weird on the neck. It didn't look smooth or rough. It's, like, weirdly cut. That's probably because it's magic. Yeah. Um, so. Maybe, yeah, it, it kind of implies maybe their heads weren't cut off at all. Yeah. Maybe that's just, uh how this spell is yeah like with faith and lily i could imagine someone someone might have killed faith at the very beginning just by saying like oh well wait what's this ribbon about taking off the ribbon not knowing what was going to happen watches her head fall off and just be like oh my god i need to get out of here (laughs) oh whoops holy moly i didn't know that was gonna happen yeah i mean it could have even been toad jr just he was there when (laughs) lily's uh body fell in but her head was she didn't have her head on. She didn't have her head on, yeah. That would be a great... You, you know what? This episode does have people like, uh, you're running around in circles, Sheriff. Uh, you're wasting your own time. What if it turned out there was just no killer? And this was like, just... It, it was just random people <laughs> accidentally doing Lily this? Lily took off her own ribbon, and she forgot. She just, yeah, she, <laughs> she forgot that it would be bad if she did. She was like, oh, shit, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> That would be like a really, really bad way to end this story, but I would laugh so hard at it. <laughs> I would be like, wow. Uh. 
Yeah, because, I mean, these people are prostitutes. Yeah. So you can imagine their Johns would say, like, oh, what you got, this ribbon? Let me take that off. And then before they can be like, wait, 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 don't, wait, 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 don't. <laughs> That's actually uh, real important. Yeah, and then, like, the guy's just there is like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't uh, know. <laughs> again? <laughs> this happens every time I try to take a girl's ribbon off. I should is stop me? trying. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> some girls will, <laughs> some girls will do anything to get out of a date man i swear i didn't go into this situation trying to make this happen <laughs> it turns out it is flycatcher but it's just a mistake every time <laughs> and he keeps trying <laughs> maybe like, you know what it didn't work the last five times but maybe this one will work my mom always told me to find a girl whose head won't fall off when I take her ribbon off. <laughs> That's all you can really ask for. You, you gotta keep trying until you find the special woman for whom that uh, is true. Maybe this is the one. <laughs> uh, so Snow comes in and tells you Beauty and Beast have a, they have to talk to Bigby for some reason. And Nerissa like, finds a sneaky way to say, like, I think you should go about your business. You wouldn't be wasting your time. To indicate mm. she thinks Beauty and Beast are, are somehow connected to this. Bigby's just like, huh, I wonder what that means. Yeah, you, you can play Bigby really dumb, which I think is fun in these Telltale <laughs> games. Like, hmm, Marissa hmm. sounded like she was hungry. Like, no, that's not it, Bigby. <laughs> you can give him all kinds of wrong information and he'll just sort of run off of it. Yeah, God, what was it? Was it, like, last episode? I forget what it was. No, it was when uh, you're investigating the uh, motel room. Uh, And, yeah, anytime you, like, find a clue, you have, like, three dialogue choices, and I think one is right, and then the other two are just... Yeah, like you said, uh, this killer was hungry. He loved apples. (laughs) Yeah. He was hungry. Metal (laughs) Gear. Um... Uh. So, at this point, I wrote in my notes, is Beauty the Crooked Man? Because all I'm doing at this point is, like, every time they show me a new character, I'm like, "Mm, this is probably the Crooked Man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably. So, Beauty and Beast are having a couple spat, uh, where Beast is is not excited to see you. uh, Because I guess he forgot (laughs) that, like... Beauty and him, Beauty and Bigby weren't actually doing anything. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> kind of feels... confused about this because like you, you and Beast are on good terms in the first episode, and then in the second episode, you know, you clear things up. Mm-hmm. But I I guess it's just because you were helping Beauty keep the secrets from him. He's uh, uh he's just untrusting of you. I I guess it it feels a little underwritten. I um, I agree. Beasts anger with bigby i i yeah it's one it doesn't of feel things. just it doesn't feel justified yeah because bigby or beast is saying stuff like oh i bet you'd love to speak with my wife huh and then <laughs> i would actually like, yeah call. she called me so like what what is your problem with me <laughs> <laughs> i love i love beast just getting really in your face he's like oh really she <laughs> called hmm yeah with what a phone like yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, that would make sense. I think. About what? Like I don't even know. You just need to. You oh, need you to calm don't down. know. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I that that would make him like a really 
bad character, but a really funny character at the same time. I mean, that is what it is. <laughs> that that yeah. is what he's doing. Yeah. It's not no, like a, a would-be. That's in yeah, the game. I, but if they took it even to absolutely absurd, stupid levels like that, I'd be like, all right, I've come around. Even like when this. he lets you in the apartment, he's Bigby's like, come on, Beast, can I just talk to Beauty? And Beast is like, oh, I guess you can come in. Like, okay, it's going to be every step, <laughs> every step of the way. <laughs> I guess you can have a glass of water. Oh hmm. boy, Big B, I guess you can just show over my life here too. <laughs> guess someone thinks uh crackers grow on trees. <laughs> yeah, like he brings out food like I guess you can have this food. <laughs> <laughs> we made sure to get the gourmet snack set for Mr. Big B Wolf. So like, even though Beauty called you and tried to like get in touch with you because she seemed to have some information it mm. takes forever for to like to get her to just say anything yeah for some reason she called you she wanted this to happen then she's like i don't i shouldn't say Gosh, like, I i'm, I'm at your place you call like why why is everyone in this game acting like this all the time <laughs> she <laughs> doesn't have a ribbon me. that makes her not talk she's just being an asshole <laughs> yeah you know um, but it it turns out that beauty had been so so help me out with this because I, I don't okay. actually remember in full but it was something with the pawn shop. E- was that where she got the loan for? Because uh, she took out a loan from the crooked man. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that was it. So Jersey, you know the Jersey Devil works <laughs> at the pawn shop. And uh, I, I guess Beauty got a loan th- through them from the Crooked Man uh, in order to keep living a life of luxury, even though she doesn't have that much money. And Beast has been working also possibly for the Crooked Man um, through the, the front of a butcher shop. So it's kind of like, it's kind of weird that it's just two different fronts for shops um, that are you have to go to both like one after the other um it's it's just like it's just fronts it's it's the same story for both of them yeah Uh, you'd think that they'd try to diversify that a little bit yeah i mean there really isn't that much difference between one or the other like yeah you find out some different stuff from each one but like not even really that much from the pawn shop, but I did go there second, so maybe you get more if you go first. I also went to the pawn shop God second. God damn it. I yeah. I specifically did the butcher shop first because I thought, well, obviously Mitch is going to do the pawn shop first. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. That's just what came to mind. I was like, well, this is this is more Mitch core of a Honestly, choice. Honestly, I felt weird picking it because I, I thought like, well, I don't want to... I don't, I don't really want to... I don't like Beast at all, so... I don't want to help Beast out. Beast is lame. Uh, so I felt weird doing the Beast one first. So you kind of got me. You're right. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> inclined to do the other way, but I did this way for some reason. Um, so well, the butcher... <laughs> the butcher, which Beast clarifies is down the street from the baker and the candlestick maker. Mm-hmm. Which is... Uh, there's so many little like little jokes like that throughout this entire episode 
I, I love it. It's the most reference-heavy, like, Jersey. You know, the Jersey Devil in The Butcher is down the street from the baker and the candlestick maker. It, it's so... It, it's stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. <laughs> I, I do really like how um, this world, this world of fables, it's not just confined to just fairy tales. You have... Uh, fairy tales like uh, Beauty and the Beast, Big Bad Wolf, etc., etc. But then you have uh, nursery rhymes, and then you just have like urban legends, like the yeah. Jersey Devil and Bloody Mary. I, I like that it casts such a wide net. Yeah, and, and some of these are not folk tales. Like The Little Mermaid is just a book that was it's it's less than 150 years old or so. It's not that folky. It's, yeah, and, it's just a story that is public domain. Yeah, and another one that's referenced later, A Christmas Carol. In what way? Is Christmas? Christmas? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. Yeah. You're right. Um, so at the butchers, you go there, and butcher, he's just, uh, he's not actually making that much meat. Uh, the meat on display <laughs> has been frozen for weeks. So you yeah. go in the back and you find out that there's uh, like a a lab in the back that some of the prostitutes are chained up by their ankles and forced to work at the lab all day. Yeah, that seems like overkill. Did you need those chains? Like you've already kind of got them in your whole business. Yeah, they already can't talk or take a ribbon off without their heads falling off. Yeah, I don't I don't think you need those chains. <laughs> Yeah. There's there's already consequences. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of like backdoor reasons they can't do much about their situations. It, it it just seems like arch, just making them feel arch. Yeah, like they let them go anyway. Like uh, these prostitutes are out walking around. It's not like they're enslaved here forever and can't leave. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> why what uh, what's the point? Uh, so you find out that this is basically like a weird alchemical delivery service. Uh, so there's there's stuff for everyone in town. Mm -hmm. And even people who you think are on the up and up, like Beauty's listed. I think Snow White is listed um, on this big blackboard. And people that are attached to this probably don't know about where the stuff they're getting is coming from. Mm -hmm. But they, uh, th this is where the Tweedles have been delivering stuff from. And this is stuff like glamours and, like, counterfeit magical items and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very witchy stuff. Very, very back alley stuff. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the butcher? I liked him. I, I liked this butcher. You could tell he was like, I don't want any of it. This sucks what's happening to me. And I'm like, okay, yeah. He, he didn't strike me as a bad guy. So I was very, I was very soft with this guy. I was like, calm down, calm down. You're not, in, you're not going to get in trouble. So there is, there, there is a moment here. So like when you're going in the back mm -hmm. uh, on the way, the butcher presses a button that yeah. warns the people in the back to leave. Um, so Bigby brings up, and I agree with Bigby here, like, Butcher, you can't act like you're a victim in all this and that you're not trying to get out of this and you're not trying to fight against it if you are helping them out by getting them to leave before I come back here. Like, this, it, it seems very shallow, the things you're saying about like, oh, well, they took over my stuff and I don't want to help, but I have to. If you're just going to sort of help them out and, and backstab me all the time i don't i get that but also they will probably kill him 
Yeah, they, he probably he, doesn't. Die he probably at some point. He, <laughs> he'll probably die so, sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, I would think he just did it because if he didn't like warn them, then they probably would have come back and made a knife in his face and head. Uh, yeah. So that's the butcher shop. Then you go to the, or you might have done this first. But you go to the the pawn shop, which is these places have names and I didn't write them down. Um, but they're, yeah, they're, I mean they're, they're just referred funny. to. Yeah, I wish I wrote them down, but you get it. The pawn shop, the butcher shop. So, I I wish I wrote them down. They do have names. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you find you find Woodsy, Woody. Uh, <laughs> Woodsy's from something else. The Woodsman. Yeah, yeah. Woodsy is from a very different thing. Uh, <laughs> you find the Woodsman here trying to get his axe back. Um, and it's. It is there. The the axe is yeah. there. But the Jersey Devil is just being the least helpful prick that could possibly <laughs> live yeah. on Earth. This guy sucks ass. This guy is the worst. Uh, <laughs> he, he's worse than Gren. Like, Gren grew on me, and he's, he was an asshole from the start. But this guy, this little, uh, this piece of work. Yeah, so there is... <laughs> he, he just starts fighting the woodsman. Um about the woodsman's axe and bigby jumps in and he can fight off the jersey devil um which is a big sort of quick time event sequence where you gotta get a little rough with the guy and then of course you're always judged for using brutality but like this guy was throwing fists at you in your face and you're like well i should have just taken it yeah this is a horrifying monster here yeah, this isn't a very... So, police brutality in real life is a very real, very omnipresent part of the American experience, and it sucks and it's bad. And mm-hmm. this game wants to comment on it in some way. It it, yeah. re- it really does. It seems like that's what this game's like underlying thematic motifs are all tying into. The idea of government and how they use the power... And how like well sometimes it's shitty if you if you're like being a police guy and you just beat up on people to get what you need even if you feel like you need to do it but the the situations that you that the game puts Bigby in to make that happen are so ridiculous that I <laughs> I don't feel that it's I don't feel like it's a, an earnest interpretation of that goal yeah you're being attacked by a creature with a skull for a head. Yeah, I think yeah, it's like, I think it's okay to get a little more hands on. This guy is trying to kill both a bystander and you, and you you like punch him a few times and then let him go and don't even arrest him, and people are saying, "Oh, that's brutal." Is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's not as yeah. It's it, it, it's like a cab, but this game is a a cab, but that's that's the like the premise of this whole game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like like they uh, I I think there's this thing going on where the writers of this game are themselves. It feels that they are themselves anti-police, um, or at least the current structure of police or whatever. It's hard to say from mm-hmm. you know a, from this work what their actual feelings are on that kind of thing are, um, but. In order to, like, push that, they 
give the player unrealistically tempting situations that sort of defeat their own politics. They, they, they go against what they're trying to do here because like, oh, you have to, you have to beat up the Jersey devil. You just, <laughs> you, like you're literally in a situation where you have to, which yeah. is not what police brutality should be thought of as because it's what it actually is. And it is super real and super common is a lot less necessary than that. And that's the problem with it. That's why it shouldn't be done all the time. But yeah, it, it's weird guilt trips that this game does. And I, I it's don't appreciate different, it. It's different when you're being attacked by the literal Jersey devil. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like someone would use this game as an apology for police brutality. Almost. They'd be Yikes. like, okay, well, you, you saw with what Bigby Wolf had to deal with, right? This is basically the same thing in real life. Like, nah, Chad. I used Chad <laughs> Sorry. twice. Sorry for real people named Chad. I don't think of Chad's that way. Sorry, uh, Joseph. <laughs> Sorry, Malcolm Jungles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a shitty one. Yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> I, I should I should catch up with Malcolm Jungles, see what he's up to. <laughs> um... Yeah, wow, you can tell that I don't think people outside of our circle of friends listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> they get it, Malcolm Jungles. I, <laughs> I, have to, I have to clarify who Malcolm Jungles is for this, in a potential audience member who I don't know in person. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about don't it. Don't worry, everybody. I won't tell you who that is. It's You'll have important. to live in mystery and wonder. Yeah, and it won't help to Google it. I made sure that it has very low SEO. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I totally agree. Um, Woody is the one who gives you shit for uh, if you get brutal with this guy, right? So I, I, I punched him enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't punch him as much as I could punch him, <laughs> but I didn't pull all of my punches either. Because this mm. guy sucks. <laughs> this guy yeah. really sucks. And not only he, is he unhelpful, but he is a horrific demonic creature that wants you to not be alive anymore. Yeah, there's like there's brutality, and then there's also saying, "Hey, man, if you try to punch me again, I will also punch you." And then <laughs> he does, and so you do, and people are like, "Can't believe you went for that. You really went to a new low." I can't. <laughs> I feel like I should not be blamed for that. <laughs> that, that that seems like not my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I I could maybe let it slide in like episode two when you're like interrogating yeah uh, yeah yeah, you're dumb that i get but here it's like no i really have to actually hurt this creature yeah i'm he's so aggressive he's so like viscerally evil unhelpful and starting the fight so like even if there was no violence at all the woodsman is saying like hey I see my axe. It's right behind the counter. I want it. And then he's like, <laughs> I don't think it's here. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. I think you're wrong about it being present. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like, well, okay, what, well, what else can I possibly do in this situation? Yeah, even if it never came to blows, this guy already sucks shit the most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see it right there. That's I'm the woodsman. Nope. Mm-mm. I am not a I'm not a fable if I don't have that axe. I'm just Nuh-uh. a guy. No, uh bullshit. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's your axe. 
I think that's a very similar act, but it's not you can't have that one either. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it really is like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? I have to. I have to. <laughs> Even if this guy wasn't the Jersey Devil, I would be so angry. Uh, so the thing you get away from the pawn shop in this experience is that you find Crane's coat there. I guess he sold his coat after he like ran away and broke the mirror and stuff, mm-hmm. which seems like a weird detour. I don't really understand that. But he had hundreds of dollars of in cash in his pocket and also the shard of the mirror. Did you take the money? I didn't take the money. I guess I, I should have. No, you didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> I I didn't take it, but I felt like I probably should have. Yeah, I felt like this I guy shouldn't have, have it. I feel like this Jersey Devil should not be having this money. Well, um, here, here's a Crane wrinkle on that decision. It. I don't even think Bigby should have money. He <laughs> he doesn't seem good with it. Yeah, he spends it on cigarettes and beer, and that's it. Yeah, then he wonders I mean, like, why is why does my apartment suck? <laughs> I'm spending two thousand dollars on candles and I'm going broke. Someone help me with my budget. <laughs> uh, uh, but we what we do find the shroud of the magic mirror in his coat pocket. Yeah, so you get that shard and you go back and you have like a heart to heart with the woodsman outside. Uh, I like that. I I like. Uh, even though this guy was really shitty, I kind of like these two kind of growing to have some sort of mutual respect for one another. Yeah. Even even if the woodsman doesn't necessarily deserve it, I like that they're not just like at each other's throats. You know, I was thinking about the story of Little Red Riding Hood. It's not something I think about very often. And in most interpretations of it in pop culture... Th- well, for one, most interpretations of it are like parodies. Because mm-hmm. Disney never did a Red Riding Hood. And I think if Disney did a Red Riding Hood, my, my perception of the story would be like, oh, I'll just remember the normal events. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, they don't even put the woodsman in it. The, most of the time you hear that story, it's like, okay, there was a girl in the woods and there was a, a wolf who found out that she was going to go to her grandma's house. Then the wolf ate the grandma, and then Red Riding Hood showed up, and then maybe the wolf also ate Red, or something. then it ends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the granite, the grandma didn't sit well with the wolf, the wolf vomited her up, and then they just both left. Yeah, and then maybe they're, like, at that point, the, the parody kicks in, it's like, oh, and then something dumb happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't think of the woodsman as a very... <laughs> prolific fairy tale creature in fact most of the time i think of that story before playing this game i probably forgot there was a woodsman even involved um i feel like in enough adaptations i remember the woodsman do you remember that movie hoodwinked i barely remember hoodwinked yeah that movie is not good i like it i think it's uh well i mean when it came out i liked it i don't know if i'd like it now I, i haven't seen it in years but i thought it was a clever way to uh go about it even if it looked super ugly like you could tell it had a very low budget remind but me what the the concept that like the plot concept was the the concept was it's after the story and the cops are there and they ask all the characters they ask red oh, they ask yeah. the grandma the wolf and the woodsman their side of the story like what happened here that is a good concept yeah maybe that i remember that movie being not good, but maybe it, that was it fun. looks really not good. But I think the story is pretty fun. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's kind of like a the end of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where the cops show up and they're like, "You can't just be storming castles. That's not." Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk this out. <laughs> Uh, so you get the shard, so you go back to the business office and you try to put the shard back in the mirror, but it's hard to do, so like Buff can take some time with it. At which point, Bluebeard shows up, um, and he's slimy as always, and Snow's there, and Snow tries to talk you into telling Mr. Toad that he has to be sent to the farm. Yeah, I'm not gonna do of that, I love not. Mr. Toad. <laughs> and not. you know what, Snow? He's better as a toad. I don't even want to see this guy as human. You know what, Snow? Maybe you should be less racist. Yeah, you try being a toad. Yeah, this is clearly like a classist metaphor for people who can't afford healthcare being allowed to die because they can't afford healthcare. And you're trying to make me side with you? Don't you know about the healthcare thing because you're in the real world too? There's clearly a metaphor that you're not getting here, Snow. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing your own metaphor and you don't get it. Maybe you should play a little game called The Wolf Among Us. <laughs> Snow, I bet you're going to have egg on your face when you see what you look like when you're acting so hateful. <laughs> that was Humpty Dumpty. Um, what was Humpty Dumpty? Oh, egg on it? Yeah. Okay. Egg on her face. <laughs> um, I like, Humpty Dumpty is probably my favorite fairy tale creature. <laughs> I noticed. I like I like Humpty Dumpty. I like the story of Humpty Dumpty a lot. Um because he fell down. Well, I it's such a every fairy tale has some sort of like moral in it, but if you think about it too hard, the moral's bad. That's pretty much every fairy tale. Uh-huh. The the story of Humpty Dumpty is just he sat on a wall and boy, you know he shouldn't have been doing that. Like why? Come on. <laughs> let him, you you are an egg. Him, let him sit on a wall. Like, is the parable is you shouldn't sit on walls because yeah, you could it, fall the, off. The moral is literally fuck around and find out. The, it's it's almost like Icarus flying too close to the sun. It's almost that. Mm-hmm. But the difference between Humpty Dumpty and Icarus is that Icarus is doing something he knew he sh- or he should have taken to heart that he shouldn't do. It was yeah. something that he was warned about. He knew the risks. And hey, this is why they're called risks, because they can go wrong. Uh, mm. the risks aren't just something with big rewards. They're also big punishments for failing. Humpty Dumpty's like, I should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> the other big difference is Humpty Dumpty is four lines long. That's true. That's a, that's another big difference. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm it, surprised it, we haven't seen him in this. You'd think he'd be a good one they'd try to work into a story like this. Maybe he's in the comics. Well, Humpty Dumpty's not even in Shrek. He was uh, he was in Puss, Puss in Boots, right? Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? He's in. I I think this is true. I he's in the game that's based on the first movie that has nothing to do with the first movie. Yeah. And that's a different like take on Humpty Dumpty than the one in Puss in Boots later. I gotta well. say, I gotta say, Mitch, I hate the Humpty Dumpty in Puss in Boots. Uh, no, I don't like that one either. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> It's stupid. I I hate his face. If I saw that on the street, I would turn around and leave. Well, every if you think about the the rhyme Humpty Dumpty, what's wild about it mm-hmm. is that it at no point does it say he's an egg. <laughs> That's true. Where did the egg part come from? Yeah, well, like nowhere he, in that he story. He fell off the wall. 
Okay, wait, so Humpty Dumpty sat in a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. So he there's was... N- the only indication that there's anything close to a shell is that he couldn't go together again. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that's any kind of broken bone, too. Like, I'd think of putting you back together as, as any kind of medical procedure. Maybe it mentions that he's an egg on, like, the back cover synopsis. Back cover of a fairy tale? Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> that's, okay, longer than, that's longer than the nursery rhyme itself. Okay, I'm looking up the origins. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I guess if someone's gonna look at that fairy tale, it's like, ooh, maybe he's like an egg guy, and that's why it's a fun. That's why it's fun. <laughs> that's why it's fun when he dies and breaks. Okay, so the origins of Humpty Dumpty. Um, I'm on the Wikipedia page for Humpty Dumpty. The origins. Um, oh, and it's it's written different at the beginning. Oh. Uh, the earliest known version was published in Samuel Arnold's. Juvenile Amusements is the name of the book. <laughs> juvenile Amusements. Uh, hitherto, children, we're going to read a Juvenile Amusement. Yay! <laughs> In uh, 1797, with the lyrics, Humpty Dumpty sat, no- uh, sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, four score men and four score more could not make Humpty Dumpty where he was before. <laughs> That sounds ominous. That that's a more sinister take. I don't like it. Um, William Carey Richards quoted the poem in 1843, commenting, "When we were five years old, the following parallel lines were propo- uh, they were propounded as a riddle. Humpty Dumpty, reader, is the Dutch or something else for an egg." No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, no it's, it's not Dutch for egg. <laughs> you would have heard that by now. Wow, you can just lie in the 1840s and no one's like, well, I'm going to Google check? that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to do some research into that. You would just be like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Dutch for egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's, you just like go to some back water american town in the middle of the country and you're like okay get this everyone humpty dumpty is dutch for egg and they're like i knew it i knew it all along <laughs> i had a hunch i had a hunch <laughs> just just lying to the populace man it was easy to get away with lies back then yeah so i'm not seeing like yeah because because the uh in 1877, there was Walter Crane's Mother Goose's Nursery Rhymes, uh, which was like a music book with, with sheet music. And mm-hmm. it had an illustration of Humpty Dumpty. And he's just like a fat boy with like a, <laughs> like a, like a sort of fat face. He's that not an a egg. chubby boy. I think he's got some eggs. He's like holding some eggs. That's not. That's not the same as being a big egg. Wow. Yeah. So, Okay. <laughs> In the 17th century, the term Humpty Dumpty referred to a drink of brandy boiled with ale. The riddle probably exploited for misdirection the fact that Humpty Dumpty was also 18th century reduplicative slang for a short and clumsy person. The riddle may depend on the assumption that a clumsy person falling off of a wall may not be irreparably damaged, whereas an egg would be. So okay, so it's a it's not it's a riddle. The whole thing is a riddle. Um, wow, what a, the I'm, the riddle the the point that it, I guess the fact that it doesn't say it's an egg, 
is the point. You're supposed to find out, like, how could they not be able to put him back together again if all he did was just, like, fall off a short wall? Well, what if he was an egg? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's the answer. Wow, riddles have always been terrible. <laughs> Man, th- this has been quite a little field trip we took on this episode of The Wolf Among Us. Yeah, Humpty Dumpty is not in this episode. <laughs> yeah, this had nothing to do with this. But I'm um, glad we finally got down to the bottom of it. Oh, it would be great if the crooked man was Humpty Dumpty and that's why his body's messed up. Oh, because he was put back together so he's all crookedy? Yeah, or like he wasn't put back together so his, his bones yeah. never fused together again. Enter, um, that would have been cool. So once once the mirror's fixed... Sorry, let's get back on track. <laughs> once the mirror's <laughs> fixed, uh, you can go look at uh, Bloody Mary. And if you do, she'll like notice the mirror is looking at her and try to go through it and then the magic mirror is like no 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 i didn't no no, no that she <laughs> never <sucks>. mind never mind <laughs> <laughs> i hate her i She's like the that a, i like that a lot i think that's a really uh clever little connection thing. yeah that is yeah that is cool um but you find out that the crooked man's place of living has a door that's like a portal to it that's always shifting around New York City to be a different door. Mm-hmm. Which is a cool concept. Have we seen that before in something? Is that like from some sort of TV show or something? I feel like that's familiar, but I haven't quite I'm sure, seen I'm it sure, before. I'm sure it's a concept that's been done somewhere before. Uh, Seems kind of Doctor who a little bit, but that's not Monsters what Doctor Inc. Who does. Monsters, Inc. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a Monsters, Inc. situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go through the door and Sully and Mike are right there. So you ch- you see it change to a door in uh, Central Park and Bigby goes there and goes through the door and is transported to this very lavish like mansion. It feels like you're uh, in a castle in Fabletown. You're like back in the in the homelands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're greeted by Tiny Tim. The Tiny Tim. He doesn't like being called Tiny, though, which makes sense since he is an adult. Yeah, and he's sort of a gangly teenager now, so he's, he's like taller than Bigby, even though mm-hmm. he's a lot scrawnier. Um, yeah, so he's on crutches and stuff, and he, uh, he his job is to lead Bigby to the Crooked Man. And Bigby feels seems to feel bad that Tiny Tim is working for the Crooked Man. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, he got wrapped up in all this so the whole time tiny tim's like wait slow down i have to walk you <laughs> come on man it's my job it's the one thing i do <laughs> yeah i slowed down for him i was like all right this is i did one not thing. Not, i don't care about this guy <laughs> <laughs> i did i i was like i remember you from the story i'll i'll slow down for you well the thing that's weird here is they make um they make Bigby seem like, oh, we've got backstory with Tiny Tim. They should have put that earlier. Like, they should have foreshadowed that if they want me to care about Tiny Tim. I'm not going to just start. <laughs> uh, I, like, I don't know this guy. He's, he seems like he's in too deep with a criminal organization. I get that. I don't know. It worked for me. I, I thought uh, I thought just implying that they had that history, I... I uh... I, I liked it. I, I liked having Bigby like, oh, Tim, why are you working for this? Like, classic Tim, iconic Tim, why are you working for 
this crooked man. We have history, bro. Um, and, like, I think it goes far enough to be, like, maybe maybe Big B and Tim aren't, like, super close. Maybe they don't have that much history, but they at least, like, know each other. And yeah. big, they know each other enough for Big B to have sympathy for this guy. I want to get him out of there. I will say that this game has a sort of wonderful Smash Bros-esque quality where... <laughs> Everyone is here. Yeah, like, every time a new character is revealed, like, I know them from the from the thing! From the book, from the book, I know them! I know that from when Donald Duck was was the the Christmas Carol. When Scrooge was the Christmas Carol. <laughs> that is my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. The Muppet one is good too, but that was my first one. That's the one I've seen way more than any other version. Um, I don't think I've ever fully seen the Muppet one. And I think I've seen the Jim Carrey one once. I, I'm not that big a fan of the Jim Carrey one. It's it's not like the worst, but uh, yeah, the Muppet one's really good, but I think part of it is that one's also an hour and a half, while the uh, Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck one is only a half hour, so it's easier to digest. The Jim Carrey one has occasionally some very cool animations, but mostly not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's definitely, I mean, it's the same director. It, it's the same sort of style as Polar Express, where like every now and again, they're doing amazing things with CGI. And then you see a character's face closely and you're like, oh, <laughs> I forgot. Um, it does help by the fact that most characters are Jim Carrey's face. So, like, he's got a weird stretchy face and it's believable that it looks mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, th- that's that's more helpful than Tom Hanks in Polar Express, who sort of has a normal true. guy's face. Yeah, he makes no express. He, he's, he just has no life to him. Yeah. Oh, a bird! Uh, <laughs> he says that. Do you now, know what kind of train this is? <laughs> <laughs> um, my least favorite thing about the Polar Express is the sheer refusal to explain to the kids. <laughs> like, no, 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 get on. You have a ticket, right? Like, just take a take a moment, <laughs> take a beat to explain to me what's going on. <laughs> Yeah. You're an adult. <laughs> Sympathize <laughs> with someone who doesn't know what's happening. These these are children you are talking to. They are dumb. Please explain. Yeah, I think this is a recurring thing for me. Uh, where, like, anytime in media, there's a very clear opportunity for a very f- confused person to just get some answers. But the world is being just such a giant jackass about explaining anything <laughs> to the character. I'm like, I hate this. I, this we deal is the with worst. that a lot in this episode. Yeah, I do it every episode. There's some there's some person like that. It was bad in CSI. It's a little better here. It's normally not that bad of an issue. Uh, the Walking Dead, I think, is is great for avoiding those kinds of situations in a way that feels more authentic and organic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go into the the Crooked Man's office. Uh, I push the doors open, not letting Tiny Tim do his job. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you were just a huge dick to poor Tiny Tim. And you either can start a fight or agree to talk with the Crooked Man. What did you choose to do? Of course I talked. Yeah, I want to hear what this guy has to say. Yeah, I, I want to... So, he, Crooked Man, who was it? Some guy. It's just a different guy we haven't seen. <laughs> well, isn't the Crooked Man like an actual, like... Yeah, it's it's an English nursery rhyme. Is so it? he is okay. a guy. He, it's, oh, it's... Yeah, so they were... 
maybe, maybe this is not how you were feeling, so I don't want to speak for you. But for me, I felt like they were leading up to the Crooked Man is the alias of someone else. Uh, yeah, Flycatcher. <laughs> <laughs> the Crooked Man is someone. It, it, it's a. I know it's a fairy tale, but they were. You using thought it was it an alias. An alias. Yeah. Did you? Did you never thought that? Um, I feel like I might have it. First, but then I remembered that it's like an actual fairy or nursery rhyme, so I just figured, oh well, he'll just be another guy. So there was a crooked man, and he walked a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence upon a crooked stile. He bought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse, and they all lived together in a crooked little house. That's <laughs> that's, that's it. That's pretty good. That's a character right there. Yeah, so he's got like a bad cat and a bad house. And it's <laughs> And a bad mouse. He found a crooked sixpence upon a crooked style. What's a style? I don't know. S T I L E. Uh an arrangement of steps that allows people but not animals to climb over a fence or wall. <laughs> oh, okay. What's it's, what's so it's gonna ladder. stop the animals? Oh, well. It's a ladder you okay. use in farm settings. Okay. Well, I'm uh, glad he found that crooked sixpence. Yeah, so I guess he found a coin on a ladder and then he went and home he to bought his a cat. bad his stupid cat that his is bad. Stupid, his, and his stupid house cat that also stupid sucks. House. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so it's just like a guy. Yeah. I I mean the big reveal of oh, now you're looking at the crooked man. I think it you know, it's the same kind of thing where it's maybe the inversion of the kind of thing that they had at the end of Walking Dead, where you see Station Wagon Guy and you're like, oh, it's been Station Wagon Guy the whole time. He's just some guy, but also he's involved in a way that makes this feel very purposeful and the connection is it there. hits hard. Mm-hmm. The Crooked Man just being some guy really, to me, feels like, oh, you're just some guy. <laughs> this, it takes the wind out of your sails a, a little bit. A little bit, but I mean, we still have a whole other episode to go to find out more about the crooked man and his bad cat and house and yeah. Coin. This guy, this guy, at least has more time than the stranger in season one of Walking Dead. Not, not that I'm saying that you know would make him better, but I do, I, I do think there will be more to the crooked man in this last episode than there is right now. It, especially because Walking Dead is not really formulated like a mystery story. There's a mystery to it in that aspect of it, but mm-hmm. it's it's. Just a, a humanist journey story. Yeah. Whereas The Wolf Among Us is a mystery story. It's a detective story. You're trying to solve a mystery. So the mystery is like, oh, who was it? A guy you haven't man. seen and couldn't have guessed. <laughs> like, oh, all right. <laughs> that makes well, sense. You know, I didn't think yeah. I saw the guy yet. So it's it makes sense that it's just some other guy. Yeah, it's not like this is something that could just not ever happen this way. I don't think you focus so much on the idea of glamours without glamour's being involved with the crooked guy i bet he's either glamoured to look like this guy right now and looks different or was previously glamoured to be someone else and you're like oh i was talking to the crooked guy that time i didn't i didn't even know uh, you you can just say flycatcher we know what you're thinking i'm i'm okay i'm probably <laughs> wrong about flycatcher <laughs> oh d- probably but i that's been my favorite part of this whole all these episodes so far yeah um that was only that was only last episode wasn't it yeah episode three 
when I started suspecting the flycatcher. And then episode four, I stopped suspecting the flycatcher. <laughs> I guess it wasn't turnaround. him. <laughs> <laughs> Where, well, I'm just flabbergasted, but I guess flycatcher is innocent. So, I, I do think someone is going to be secretly bad, though. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of what this game needs. It's kind of the flavor they're going for. They went like, oh, man, it was beauty the whole time. It was it was Snow White was secretly bad the whole time. Colin? Was, uh, my good friend Colin? Yeah, Colin would be perfect. It was like, you didn't see me concocting my evil from the shadows. You thought I was just a silly pig. You thought it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I will say I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, it's that like that other woman in the purple that shows up sometimes. Mm-hmm. That uh, the the blonde. Yeah, what's with the like pixie haircut? I'm not sure. Is she Rapunzel? Uh, Did she cut her hair? Is that like her deal? Does she have an entry in the? I I don't remember even seeing her in like the character bios. She's I might usually to... paired up with Nerissa. Yeah, she's one of the uh, workers there. Yeah, I bet she's a, I bet she's a like a Disney princess type, but I yeah. don't know who it is. Uh, although you know, Lily was in that group too, and she was a troll, so she could be anything. Yeah, um, who would we you didn't like even... her to be? Who... I think Rapunzel is a good answer, especially since she has that like really short hair. I think I would be like, ah, because she normally has the really long hair. Yeah, it's like an inversion. You really It's like it not what you head. expect. You t- you twisted it around on me. <laughs> That's professional writing. Oh, you know what you're doing over at the Telltale Studios. <laughs> you twist them around. We do see like all of like a lot of people in the Crooked Man's office. We see the Tweedles, we see her. Um who else is in there? In the Crooked Man's office? Um Yeah. There, there's like a lot of people. What's the what's the strip club owner's name? What's his putting in pie? Georgie Porgy. Jo- yeah, yeah, Georgie Porgy. Uh, so he's there. The Tweedles. Uh, is Bloody Mary there? Um, we know she's involved with them. We know she's like part of that crew, but I don't remember her being in that exact scene. Yeah, I think her and Crane were elsewhere from the mirror. So right. I don't think Be- she's at the office. Yeah, because. She was saying to Crane, like, look, you're going to get on a plane, you're going to go to Paris, and you're going to shut up until the crooked man needs you. Yeah. What? Are... <laughs> Why Paris, do you think? Why, why does he have to go to Paris? Uh, Just because it's nice. It, <laughs> just it a is... nice place to go, I guess. Yeah, people don't speak English, so people probably won't know what his deal is <laughs> as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that would be a good place to send someone who's involved with this sort of shit. Um, yeah, I mean, his fable is very American. It, uh, one of the, probably one of the only decisively, other other than the Jersey Devil, uh, decisively American fables in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Sleepy Hollow is in, I think, like, New Hampshire or something. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So that's the, that's the game. Uh, we're left in the office. Wonder what we're going to talk about. And I wonder what it would have been like if we fought him. But, eh, 
it probably <laughs> would have ended right there anyway, and it would have started the next episode. Yeah, um, I feel like it's better to just listen to this guy. Talk to him first, yeah. and then you can fight after. Yeah, why would you? Why would you not collect this information? Because you can always just end the conversation with a punch in the face if you want. Yeah, but then you'll not have probably necessary info that you needed. Yeah, you know what? Based related to that, before we go into the segments, I have here in my notes something that's been bothering me more about this game than it ever did in Walking Dead. Uh huh. Uh, which is that there's so many times where like the dialogue options will say it'll it'll be like Bigby does do the thing or Bigby doesn't do the thing, and it's it's very binary. It doesn't have like extra information. But when mm-hmm. I click it, instead of saying like no, I don't want to go, Bigby will say no. I why would I ever go to that dump? Like adding so much more than I ever would have put onto it. <laughs> so you you feel like you think it's gonna be one thing, but then it goes like way too far. Yeah, it goes too far or in a different flavor than I expected, and. I could see, I, I kind of felt like that. I I don't necessarily think it bothers me, but I was thinking the same thing. And I do think that comes up in a few other later Telltale games. Like I had that yeah. same thought. Yeah, because that, it's not only that Bigby's doing things I didn't think he would based on my choice. It's also that Bigby's doing things I didn't think he would based on my choice. And then other people are like judging him and I'm being punished for it. Um, I I remember a good example of this was in the kitchen when it's Colin, Snow, and Bigby. Mm -hmm. And uh, Colin's like defending you and you have the option to say, thank you, Colin. And that's all it says. The option says, thank you, Colin. So Bigby says, thank you, Colin. You do suck shit, Snow. And I'm like, whoa, Bigby, you didn't have to. (laughs) Yeah, I did that I just wanted to say thank you. I was being polite and you made it the least polite. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Big, I think Bigby specifically says, like, at least someone here gets it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's so much more pointed. And then Snow it says some stuff and it says, like, Snow will remember that. Like, why, I, she'll remember the ad lib that Bigby did against my writing. <laughs> he went off script. Yeah, Bigby goes off script w- with something I He's the explicitly bad told him not to do. <laughs> and then I told him backstage. That doesn't feel good, Telltale. I I hate that. <laughs> I get that. I, like like I said, I don't. It doesn't bother me that much. If if that's how if it plays out in a way that's different than I expected, I just go along for the ride. But I do. I totally understand getting frustrated at that because that's not what you. That's not the way you wanted it to go down. Well, sometimes it, it's. I think it's good to go along with the ride, and sometimes I think, well, this is clearly a very important moment because Snow is revealing that she is racist yeah, and classist, and we shouldn't... I don't want to even support that a little bit, and I want to make myself calm, but understood. <laughs> and then, yeah. I, like, we're putting extra words and extra thoughts <laughs> and extra emotions in here. It's like, okay, well, I can't, I can't possibly do what I want to do in this situation... Because anything that I try is going to be co-opted by Telltale, Telltale's writers just saying like, oh, what if he was like mean? <laughs> what if he said other stuff? I love the idea of you choosing to make him say something and then he just says like the exact opposite. But the way it's worded just makes you think, all right, well, this is going to be the nice option. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Yeah, there's a there's and that a scene, is exactly how it is. There's a scene in the first episode of Telltale's Batman, which we're going to get around to, um, that I remember that this is not too heavily spoilers or anything, but Bruce Wayne is throwing a party at Wayne Manor and mm-hmm. he's like giving a toast and it's a bunch of rich people in the room and some some reporters, some like charity people uh, like it's a well to do event. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne is given the option of saying uh, like a number of closers for the speech. And the one I remember choosing was, so enjoy the wine. It's very expensive. And I thought, oh, that's sort of like a fun little, it's like a little joke to end the speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's probably not a joke. It probably is really expensive, but it's, you know, it, it's like, oh, <laughs> we're all joking around. It's very expensive. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you click it, Bruce Wayne says, so everyone enjoy the uh, the wine. It costs more than the net worths of everyone in this room except me. And <laughs> I'm like, Bruce, that is so much. And like, no one laughed along with it. Everyone was like, wow, is he having a bad day? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. Jeez. Yeah, it <laughs> it really turned around in, in that end bit right there. Uh, I thought you were going to say... Uh... This would have been funny. I thought you were going to say like, so the choice was to say, uh, enjoy the wine. And then you pick it and instead he says, enjoy the beef brisket. <laughs> okay, I don't think they've that's ever gone that I, far. <laughs> that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just an entirely different food. <laughs> uh, let's head into our segments. Yes, I would love to. So first let's talk about our choices. Um... I did not send Colin to the farm. I also did not send Colin to the farm. Like, why would I do that? Especially yeah. when he's here. He's on your side here. Yeah. Why would I be like, thanks for thanks for uh, seeing things my way, Colin. Get out of here. Do, do not get me wrong. I wish he didn't live in my house. I want that for Bigby. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not going to just send him to the farm. Yeah. Uh, number two, I did try to remove Nerissa's ribbon. Ooh, I did not. What, what's your percentage on that? I, we know it doesn't matter, but... <laughs> well, I actually thought it was... The percentages in this episode were a little interesting because almost all of them were like almost a perfect 50-50 split. Okay, yeah, I don't have any 50-50 splits, so... Well, it, it's not like exactly 50, but like... Uh, I don't have anything Colin... in the 50s. <laughs> it's oh. not even close. So for sending Colin to the farm, it was 49.7% sent Colin said Colin should not go to the farm. And uh, that yeah, I've me. got eighty-five point five. Wow, that is different. <laughs> uh, my so I did not attempt to remove Narissa's ribbon, and sixty point two percent of players did not. Thirty-six point two tried to for me. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so we okay moratorium here. We're not going to talk about percentages unless we're playing the same version of the game from now on. Okay, because it's just <laughs> nothing. It's it's. It's really worth getting you worked up. It, You're going to turn into a big scary wolf. It does not make sense that different like consoles could have such different numbers. It doesn't that's not true. That like <laughs> the number of players of these games should be high enough, especially with like these the game we're playing right now, which a lot of people seem to have played, the law of law, uh, large numbers should be high enough that it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. What skew you're playing it. So the fact that these these are basically random numbers that were 
if you pretend they're interesting, you can lie to yourself. You know? <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> they're just, they just don't mean anything. So I did went, I did go to the cut above, which is the butcher's shop. I wrote that down. I realized I did. Yeah. Uh, first, you also did. I also did that. Uh, I did not Thinking send... that you would not do do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did not send Toe to the farm. Uh, yeah, obviously. And I did agree to talk with the crooked man. Yeah, that was the lowest. That percent was surprising to me. I know you just said we weren't going to talk percentages. Mm-hmm. but well, Okay, uh, but don't let it be surprising because it's wrong. Yeah, well... <laughs> It's not, it's not, it doesn't mean anything. Don't let, don't let that low number make you think it's actually a low number. Hey, I can pretend. If you're, some, if you pretend, you're lying to yourself. This some, is what I'm some, saying. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It's fine. It's sometimes I want to have fun with percentages. <laughs> yeah, but then you can't come on the podcast and say, oh, there was some interesting thing here. There wasn't. I can. I physically can do that. <laughs> Uh, what I think, but is yes, I also in. chose to talk to the crooked man. Yeah, we we did four out of five the same way. So, <laughs> yeah, one different. So that's better than last time, at least. So I I wonder if that is mostly because we are very similar players, and people in general are going to do very different things, or if it's because some of these choices are more nor no-brainer than they're meant to feel like they are um i can see that like of course you can send colin to the farm but like who's really doing that that's not actively trying to shit on the game yeah exactly like that's such a dick move you would have to like want to do a dick move to pick it yeah, it's not just a dick move in fiction. It's a, it's kind of a dick move to the developers, almost. Um, if, if you're making that kind of choice, I almost feel like you are purposefully like being antagonistic to the design of the game. Mm-hmm. You, you, uh, you're just being mean to it. It's just not... That's not what this game is, so... Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's head into our... Uh, which one do you want to do first? Golden um, Moment Choice Cut Weekly Guy. Uh, I'll let you pick. Cause My I'll, Weekly I'll Guy be... is Nerissa. I think she did a really Nerissa? good job in the uh, the scene where she's trying to give the information. I say good yeah. job as if she's an actor that pulled it off. I mean, she <laughs> good had good job. voice acting, but I think just the writing was really good. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, My Weekly Guy was Colin. <laughs> yeah, call, this was a good Colin episode. Yeah, I just liked that he was on Bigby's side. I like that he kind of he knew what was right in this situation. I agreed with him one hundred percent. Even before the stuff about Snow wanting to send him back to the farm, yeah. he was like, "Look, Bigby did his job. It's not like this guy wanted to turn into a big scary wolf here." And I was like, "Think that's exactly what I was saying." Yeah, it's I mean, Snow's Snow, like Snow's completely look, unreasonable in that moment. Like he yeah. was shot forty times with a shotgun at point-blank range, and then he's like, I might start fighting back. And Snow's like, you shouldn't fight back. Yeah, she, she's like, from now on, we gotta do things by the book. You have to take book. those bullets. Yeah, yeah, you're just gonna have to just stand there and see what happens. Yeah, I know you won't die. It'll hurt. <laughs> but you gotta take them. Yeah, oh, that's one thing we kind of figure out in this episode. Uh, so Swinehart says, uh, look, it's hard to kill us fables, but this is, came close. So yeah, 
it, it seems like this is kind of the threshold for something that's not quite cutting a head off that could kill one of these magical people. Well, silver bullets, right? Because he's a werewolf yeah. and mm-hmm. silver bullets have mythological importance in werewolf stories. Where Silver bullets are kind of like vampire stakes to the heart. Yeah. In which they're not a special vampire thing. It'll <laughs> that will, that would just kill anyone. Will die. Yeah. Was, silver bullets are very similar. If you shoot me in the face with a silver bullet, I'll die. And it's not because I'm a werewolf. <laughs> it's because that's just how shooting people works. Yeah. It's just, that's just a normal shooting person event. <laughs> well, I wonder if it's more like if you shoot a werewolf with anything other than this, they will not die. Hmm. So it, it's it's less about <laughs> the shooting them. Yeah, part. if, if it, your stake through about... the heart is anything other than wooden, maybe the vampire will just be cool with it. Yeah, he was like, "Huh, you brought a you brought a a golden stake to a vampire fight? Mm, bad news, bro." Yeah. Well, jokes on you. The woods inside the gold. Stupid. Oh shit! I didn't see that coming, and now I'm dead. Um. Choice cut. Mine is all just, uh, I'm kind of combining a lot of things here, but it's anything involving talking to people about going to the farm. Yeah, I agree. Even even though it wasn't like hard choices at all, I was like, well, obviously I'm not going to do this. And I do like that it kind of reassures these characters because you and Mr. Toad have yeah. been on kind of uh, shaky ground ever since episode two. And so I just want to be like, look, Toad, I like you are an epic character. I'm not going to send you away. <laughs> um, yeah, like even the very first thing you do in episode one is have a conversation with Mr. Toad about his glamour. It's the yeah. very first thing you do in the story. It's how it opens. It's how the whole world is explained to you. Yeah. And even then I, I was like, look, Toad, you need your glamour. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to give you a hard time about it i'm i'm gonna let you know you it's you should probably get it but you're a fun little toad man and you're honestly better off yeah and his his answer is like dude i cannot afford to do it it's yeah like, oh, and it's yeah, like okay sense. well you, yeah you don't gain Just anything try to go outside less but you know. yeah yeah and it seems like he usually does fine he's inside most of the time so yeah yeah th- I liked assuring both him and Colin, look, I'm not sending you to that uh, shitty farm because I Especially prefer with you Colin, because Colin doesn't go outside. Yeah, he just hangs out in big pieces. He's not harming anyone. He's yeah. just living here. Where's the downside? Yeah, I bet Snow's got some thought of like, well, the snow, the farm's probably great for people that uh, need that sort of treatment. And the farm is probably not great. It's... it's uh, separate but equal right all over again it's it's some civil rights allegory that you don't want to play around with one thought i had about the farm is that all the every time the farm is like brought up they call it like a prison the people at the farm see it as a prison yeah but if it's a prison security must not be very good because they specifically mention colin escapes the farm like all the time uh they're yeah, I mean, maybe that's just, just like, on Colin right. for being very good at escaping farms. He's a pig. I yeah. I don't look at Colin and think this guy would pull off the best escape. He's got those twinkle toes. He's going to sneak around. Yeah, I, I really wonder. Like, I, I don't doubt it. I'm sure if you saw it, then, uh, then yeah, you'd see it's a shitty place. 
Well, no, even then, they say, like, it's a pretty good place to be. It's, you're not, you're just not allowed to leave. But Colin does well, they it say all that, the time. But they, they have to be lying. They, they yeah. like, it, it can't possibly actually be a good place. Well, no, I think the, like, character bios, like, the information bios say it. I think... Like, that's something that would just straight up tell you the truth. It's like, Which, the farm... Uh, like, the bio of the farm? Yeah, they have, like, a little uh, blurb about the farm in there, and they say, like, yeah, it's actually, you know, pretty comfortable living, but you don't have any freedom. You're, like, not allowed to leave and go other places, so... I, the... I, I'm suspect. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder. It's like, how how tight is security here? How bad is it? Because Colin, they make it a point to say he's he's escaped multiple times. And yeah, I don't buy that he's a sneaky pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not <laughs> athletic. He's not he's not stealthy. He's not solid snake over there. He's it it's hard for him to get off of the couch. Yeah, exactly. So I <laughs> I, I really do wonder. I really don't think this is the case, but it just makes me think Colin just leaves out the front door and they're like, all right, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. See ya. You're a pig. Um, you will be sent back here. <laughs> uh, my golden moment mm-hmm. is starting to hate snow. I, th- I thought that was done in a really well, good way. Maybe it's not even how I'm supposed to feel. Maybe I'm supposed to agree with her, but I, I super do. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I... It's, uh, that's interesting because when we were talking about it, it kind of struck me as you not liking it, but that was your golden moment. Well, you, you I say it like, was done in a really well done I way. I like, I mean, I hate snow, but I, I yeah. like that she's written in a very clever way to make you think like, oh, she's really a picture of morality. And then what you find out is like, no, she's just a picture of law and yeah. she, she will go like against what's good for the common fable if she thinks that it is going to support a system that promotes the common fable even though like she's doing a she's clearly doing a bad thing and at least mm-hmm. in my reading of this it would be interesting to go online later and find out like oh people don't feel that way about snow like they were just well, down to make people go to the farm well let me ask you this um do you think she because this only started, this side of Snow only started to really come out once she was put in charge. Do you think? I think the it's very just... beginning of it was trying to burn down the tree in the last episode. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, but it, it definitely once she was put in charge, she was like, "Okay, well, now that I'm in charge, I'm going to try to do what I think is important, and that thing is racism." And mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh no, no, don't! <laughs> that's the right route to go down." Yeah, because I think when you're arguing with her, either in this episode or last episode, there's a an option to say, like, because Snow says, everyone should be glamoured. You have to be safe out there. And you have the option to say, well, it's easy for you to say that because you're like an attractive woman in the story. I have mm. to be a wolf when I'm not glamoured up. And, <laughs> like, it's way more expensive for all the fables that are frogs and badgers and wolves and pigs and all that. Yeah, why can't you guys just see it my way and let them be fun Banjo-Kazooie characters? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Toad would be great in Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, I he's he's just my favorite character in this whole series so far. Because he's just like a regular guy, but I, his voice performance is great, and he's a little frogman. Uh, 
my golden moment is just a it's, it's a tiny little moment. I just really like that connection with the magic mirror and Bloody Mary. I just thought that oh, was that's a good, fun, yeah. clever way to do it. Yeah. And he's like, uh, whoop, uh, nope, no more of that. No more uh, looking at her. Because if the series ended and then she never had a go through the mirror moment, it would feel like a missed opportunity. And they probably aren't going to do that in full. So this might have been the way to get that in there. Yeah, it 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 adds to the world building. It has a connection between these uh, two characters. Yeah. Well, Dustin, I believe that's our show. Already? Wow. It it just flew by. We had some laughs. We had some talks. I cried. Yeah, well, that's weird, but... Mm-hmm. It was unrelated. Yep. <laughs> it, it was a this different whole, thing. This whole other thing had to do with sandcastles. Yeah, there was a crab in there, and I kicked it, and I bit my toe. <laughs> you wouldn't think that the crab would go for a bite instead of a snip, but it did, and it was just as painful. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Anyone would cry at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll cry again, probably. Speaking of crying, coming up next is the last episode of The Wolf Among Us Season 1. Maybe What's we'll cry then. I don't know. What yeah, is it called? Either. I don't know. It's episode 5. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, catch us then, and I believe after that we're going to tackle Poker Night at the Inventory 1 and 2. I love me some Poker Night at the Inventory. I think the plan is currently to have that be one episode, so we're not going to talk about these separately. Yeah, I I think they're so similar that you really wouldn't get that much if you split them up. It might be the long-awaited return of Linguistic Gymnastics. Ooh, that's true. That might be tough just because that game is like all dialogue that's like 100 percent dialogue well that's why and, why it should come back well yeah but th- that's just gonna be like a lot to go through but i yeah, agree but there's there's not much else in the game so yeah exactly we'll, we'll have time for it <laughs> yeah uh, so until then well okay so more immediately than that episode five of the wolf among us i really am excited to see how that uh this ends do you think do you have any idea like beyond what we've talked about, what's going to happen in the next episode? I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I don't really even know where this could go. Like, yeah, I, I kind of feel like if it was just like a showdown with the Crooked Man, that would be kind of lame. I, I feel like there has to be more to it than just I'm going to fight this guy and end his reign of terror. Yeah, other than just suspecting that there's something more complicated here, that the Crooked Man is like snow white in disguise or some shit i which i've brought up i i think i'm positive there's a disguise angle with this guy yeah Um, i mean if if you spend this much time focusing on the the glamour that has to come into play i mean it already has multiple times i feel like it has to here as well yeah i mean that may just be because the comic does Uh, we don't have that kind of information to back up Mm -hmm. Uh, why they would focus on this character or that character or something. Yeah. Like, I have no Either idea way, which excited. of these characters don't show up in the comics and which ones are new. So. Yeah. I hope that Mr. Frog's in the... Mr. Toad's in the comic. Yeah. He he should be the star. Well, we'll find out if he is the star next time on Telling the Tale. See you later. ABC ya.